1: Hello and welcome to episode 51 of Back of the Net the AFC Bournemouth podcast with me Sean Barker. Pre-season training may have only just started for the Cherry squad but we're still on a break here at the podcast as we look to sort out the plans for the upcoming season but are bringing you this cheeky little episode to update you on what's been going on at the club as well as to replay an interview which some of you might have missed from the back of the net archives. So since the last episode, Eddie Howe has been busy in the transfer market with the additions of Conor Mahoney to the Under-23 squad, as well as the big guns of Asmir Begovic, Nathan Aki, and of course the return of Jermaine Defoe. Reports say Howe doesn't expect any more big signings, so surely it's safe to say there'll be at least one more before the season kicks off? As yet, no one has walked out our door, although there are continuing rumours of Maxi Gradle to either Sunderland or Leeds. And personally, I've got to wonder whether Federici and or Allsopp will remain, given the arrival of Begovic, the new contract for Boric, plus the recent arrival of Aaron Ramsdale, who is doing tremendously well for England in the Euro Under-19 tournament. We'll wait and see. There's also been much talk and speculation about a possible new ground with the rumours that the old Athletic Stadium on Kings Park will become the site for a new 25,000-seater or so stadium and then the Athletic Club will go and use the Vitality Court whatever you want to call it these days. Um, again, no official reports yet, so we'll still wait and see on that one as well. Now, in sad news, this week saw the Cherries lose a long-time supporter in Lance Queens. Sadly, Lance passed away this week. He was a regular in the stands, often heard singing songs, and was also someone who committed a huge amount of his time to charity work. He will be missed by all at AFC Bournemouth, and I pass on my sympathies to all his family and friends at this time. Now... On to our interview replay, and it comes from our first ever episode back in February 2016. Steve Jones is regarded as one of the most loved former players at AFC Bournemouth. If you were around in the mid-90s, then you'll know all about him. And if you join the Cherries family after that time, I hope you enjoy finding out more about our legendary number nine, Jonesy. So here's the full interview from last year, and we'll keep you updated about Back of the Net plans for the new season through our Twitter account and Facebook page. So stay tuned. And here we go. The
2: big interview. The big big interview. interview. This is the big interview. Hi, Steve, and welcome to Back of the Net. Hi, Sean. How are you, mate? I'm very well, buddy. How are you?
0: Yeah, very well, mate.
2: We're going to go back to 1994 initially. So Tony Pulis had left us at the end of the season and uh, after some pretty shocking football and pretty average results. And we started that year in trouble. I think it was Willow and Mark Morris were caretaker managers. And then we'd lost seven on the spin and then Mel Machin joined us. And then it wasn't long after that, that he started signing some players, one of which was yourself from West Ham. So how did you first hear about Bournemouth's interest? And, kind of looking at where we were in the league, were you a bit worried about coming to us?
0: Um, oh, obviously Bournemouth and West Ham had a bit of a link, uh, obviously because of Harry as well and a few other things. And I think that that sort of turned out to be for me to go on loan when obviously when I weren't playing, I was planning reserves at West Ham. I was in and out of the side, sub a lot of the time. Um, and obviously Bournemouth coming in for me to go on loan and that was it really, and obviously I went on loan, uh, done quite well, didn't overly do great, but it was in a a struggling side at the time, I think, or or it was early in Mel Machen's fielding of that side really, and uh, I think I played, I'm not sure, I think I had a month there, and then I signed permanently.
2: So obviously Harry had told you some good things about the club?
0: Yeah, Harry had obviously said about the club, because he was there himself, and, Uh, and said how good it was there and it's a great place to live and uh, that was it really and I was off to there really I I did look at the league table obviously but that sort of thing never really bothered me and it was probably because I played in non-league with Billericchi that it it was. even though it was going down from West Ham it was also because I played at non-league level it's also still up from where I was obviously two or three years previously Right
2: now, we'd, we'd, I mean, obviously, once you were settled in and with a few of the other new guys we would got, we started turning it around. And I mean, I know we've got what's what they call the, the what is called the great escape now, obviously, with what Big Fletch did against Grimsby and keeping us in the league. But we kind of, you know, this was the original great escape, as it was called back in that season, because we started going on that incredible run where I think after well we had nine points at Christmas and then all of a sudden we just started winning games. And I remember I was going every week and we had that belief that we were going to stay up. Coming into three games to go, I went away to Swansea and and we'd won, I think, the previous three. And we lost that one 1-0. Yeah,
0: yeah. But we went
2: into that second to last game away at Brentford, where Brentford were looking to go up. We were still in the trouble at the bottom of, well, what was then the second division, which is League One. And I remember going to that game, and for me, that is still the greatest Bournemouth game I have ever been to. We went into that game a bit nervous, but we needed to get a result to try and keep us in the hunt. How were you boys leading up to that game, knowing you were playing Brentford, who were a good side?
0: Um, funny enough, Brentford were, I think I think they were the, top or second at the time, weren't they? Yeah, they were. They was right in the hunt anyway for the playoffs or, or to get promoted. Uh, and they had a good side. I remember they had Nicky Forster up front. Um, the two centre arse were decent players. I think one went on to play for Birmingham for quite a while. Uh, yeah, they were a really good side. And we were quite, to be honest with you, we were quite a young side. And it weren't really, I was one of the older ones, and I weren't really that old. You know what I mean? So we didn't really think about nerves or anything like that. And I think that's probably why we went on such a good run. I mean, I remember us going to Oxford away. And absolutely destroying them, and, and they had a really good side. Matt Elliott, but Joey Bosham. Uh, I just think we got a we had a young side, and we believed in ourselves a bit. And I think that's what got us out of it, really. And obviously Mel Machin, who I have to say, man, to, man, to man, management wise, was uh, the best manager I probably worked with. Um, it was just it just seemed to flow. And obviously the Brentford game, funny enough, I didn't have a great game, but. I do remember that game well and I do remember us taking the crowd up behind the goal one end um, and it was 1-1 until I think the 74th minute, I think.
2: It was, and then you did one of your classic and, and you gambled on the defender missing the ball, which I saw you do time and time again. It didn't always come off, but when it did, you were through and obviously you stuck the stuck the goal away and I remember you sprinting back to halfway and I, I can still, I still get hair stand up and thinking about being in that away end when that ball okay. went in. It was It was a special, oh, yeah, special enough. day.
0: It, it was, and funny enough, the, uh, I would have sprinted the whole of the pitch and, and been in front of the crowd, as you know. I did it a few times. I, uh, swinged, uh, I've done it at loads of places, that sort of thing, if we was away from home. But the funny thing was, Mel Machen had pulled me over in about the 60th minute and proper give it to me. <laughs> Said, you any chance you doing something, blah, blah, blah. Just generally playing the game, I suppose. And obviously, while I've scored I and mean, I've gone straight to the bench, <laughs> to, say, to say that's what I could do, and if you have a look at the video, I am so pumped up. It is unbelievable. I think I've got about two or three people hanging off me, and they still can't stop me. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was an incredible. I mean, it was just an incredible game, and, and I remember the scenes afterwards. Obviously, all the boys are up, up in our in our end at the, you know, and because I think after that result, we we knew that. I well, the fans I think knew that we'd done the business. I mean, we we had Shrewsbury the last game of season at home, which got moved to the Tuesday, so we actually played before everyone else, didn't we?
0: And yeah, yeah, because of the bank holiday thing, where it was it. Yeah, that's Steve right. Ride.
2: Yeah, it was <laughs> because of, yeah, we thank Leeds for that. But yeah, so we we got to play a bit early, and again, I remember that night. But
0: I, I mean, I mean, you know, the funny thing is, I didn't score that night, right? But I remember the game really, really well. Um, and the reason I remember it well as well is because Neil Perrett was the reporter, and he gave me a 10 in the <laughs> paper the next day, and I didn't score, and I always remember that, because not strikers, even if they get at-tricks at the time, only get 8s and 9s, but he gave me a 10, and that was a, like such a rare thing, and that's why I always remember it. And I, to be honest with you, I did have a really good game, but I just didn't didn't just didn't score, I suppose. But we destroyed Shrewsbury within about 30 minutes, I think,
2: yeah, we were three 0 up, and it was it was game over and party time, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was 13,000 there, was there
0: fourteen thousand?
2: uh o- officially, I- I've heard rumours that there were a lot more in that night, but
0: uh... yeah, I-, I could well imagine because obviously it was standing in, and there was a lot of people in them days, weren't there? Yeah, it was.
2: Now look, we so we yeah. sta- we stayed up, and that was yeah, it was. If you if you've not seen it on YouTube, there's lots of videos now. You can see of the of the great escape.
0: Yeah, there is the video. I've still got the video. I remember us all doing something with hats on and stuff before the video. Is that, have you seen that? Yeah, I'm you. Had, sure. That's
2: right. You had. Um, there was barbed wire and all that, and you had to crawl underneath. Yeah. It and All that
0: stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then obviously, what was his name? Bill Gardner, was it? Gardner. Ken Gardner. Ken Gardner. That's it. Yeah, and he was on the bus. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember it well. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, look, the following season then, I mean, there, on, was a, there was a bit of renewed you know, hope in the team. It, like you said, it was a young side. And you got, was it 23 goals that season?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely best season. So, yeah, yeah, it was a good season. I think we were a bit unlucky that season not to get in the playoffs. Uh, we were quite strong, you know. Uh, but I think... Um, I think I got injured for a little bit and a couple of others got injured and we just lost our way I think in a few periods in that season that cost us but we had quite a strong side then you know I mean Jason Brissett was, for me was a good player Youngie Scott Mean obviously we can go for them all Beardo you know what I mean uh, Fletch all, all them players John Bailey we, we had we a Matty Holland we had, we had a decent side then
2: we did I, I always think my my thing with Jason Brissett was if you if you won the luck with a couple of minutes to go, there was no one else you wanted to give the ball to the, to take it in the corner than Jason Brissett because he could keep it in there for twenty minutes eh
0: yeah he was he was on his day frightening but didn't have enough days. I mean, I don't know what happened to jace I don't know if he drifted out of the game, but obviously I didn't really keep note of it, but you know I mean on his day untouchable, but he just didn't have enough days for the ability that that he had. If you know what I mean,
2: yeah.
0: He, he should have played in the Premier League, really. Yeah, he
2: had the talent. Yeah,
0: just not every week. Yeah, was definitely. It? He had the talent, the pace, the strength, but it just obviously didn't go that way for him. So
2: now I've got I've got to mention that season. Jonesy is uh, that game at Peterborough.
0: Uh,
2: so we were we went one nil up. We then went three-one behind. We got back to three-all. We went four-three down. We got it back to four-four, and then there was a certain goal that became the winning goal. From yourself, could do you want to just talk us through what happened for that goal?
0: Um, I talk about the game to be honest with you. Steve Robinson was. I was having a row with Gary Breen that day. Uh, he was the centre half. He was about to move to Tottenham, and he was giving it to me all game. And to be honest with you, I didn't. I weren't having a great game. I was doing all right. I was working out. I nearly got on the end of a couple of crosses. Chris Casper nicked a goal off me, got in front of me. Um, but And then the ball got played long from Deirdre, I think, or, or Youngie. And I latched on to one and just dinked over the keeper. And I, obviously I went berserk. I ran. I must have ran, ran the pitch virtually the whole time. Give it to their bench. Give it to their crowd. Uh, because obviously I was getting wound up by this Gary Breen situation. And obviously he'd been giving it to me, and then uh, and then the ball got played, I think, down the left-hand side, and someone played it into me on the far corner of the box, and I just, I think, where I was so tired from the celebration of the first goal, because it was straight afterwards, I just flicked it up and hit it, and it was just one of those things that flew in the top corner. Again, Luckily.
2: you can see that on YouTube as well. The old video from. I've no, seen, was... seen it on
0: YouTube. It is a really good goal. <laughs> a really good goal.
2: After that, Steve, you you left us, you know, and you went you went back to West Ham, and then yeah, then went to to Charlton.
0: Yep, Charlton after West Ham,
2: and then you you came back to us on loan for a little spell.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll come back for I think four games or five games, and did once again just hit the ground running from where I'd left it really. Um, scored five or four goals in four or five games, uh, done really well. And at the time, I nearly signed back there, but I think there was things in the paper saying that I was a monster, money, this, that, and the other, but I wasn't really. So I don't think it was an issue of money. I just don't think it happened. Or Curbs obviously didn't want to sell me, and and it paid benefit for Charlton because the day I went, I went back on the Friday, other Saturday, um, they had Man City away on the Tuesday and he said I was I was coming, I was sub blah, blah, blah. So I've gone up there, come on at half-time and scored twice. So it, uh, we drew 2-2. Two, two. So it, it benefited Cholt and Matthew that I went out on loan and done well at Bournemouth.
2: Now, So, Steve, with, you know, well, as we all know, with Bournemouth, most of our history until the very, re- very recent has been littered with financial issues and just all sorts of go- comings and goings. Over your spell, I mean, predominantly when you were with us full-time, but... What was it like as a player dealing with those financial constraints and the way the club was run back then, like on a day-to-day basis? How was it for you?
0: Um, it was hard work, obviously, but none of us really none of us really bothered about that. I mean, we got paid from the bar a couple of times in cash. Um, and, but, but Mel Majum was really good, and he kept spirits up. We didn't really have a training ground. We trained here, there and everywhere. We'd go running down the pier a couple of days a week. I mean, I remember um, when, the day I scored the hat-trick against Peterborough on the opening day. Um, I went and see the boss after. said I had a couple of issues, blah, 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 at home. And he went, oh, Steve, just come back Thursday. I'll see you Thursday. And this was Saturday. You know what I mean? So once again, that was his man management, by saying, look, he's, he's done his job, he's fit as anything. I ain't got to worry about him. And that was it, really. But... You know, it was it was tough then for the club, but I don't think I don't know. I quite, I quite enjoyed that. You know, I quite I quite like that. I quite like being the underdog, and you know, what I mean, having to fight for this that and the other. It's never really bothered me that, so it's quite quite enjoyable. It was a great time for me. Great times, especially obviously the staying up, the greatest escape, and even the following season, even though it finished it didn't finish great for me, even though I scored twenty three goals and I just left. you know it was still a really good season for me, and you know I mean like I said, I've always loved it there, and it's a great place to be.
2: Now you played with Eddie for a while, didn't you
0: um yeah, for a little while, not long though, no. I think he was just breaking breaking into the sort of the first team frame at the time.
2: What what have you made of his rise as a as a player and then as the manager he is now?
0: Incredible, about you know I mean it's an incredible job he's done. He's obviously a great great manager uh, to have done that. I mean I know Jason and Tinder well. I was uh, Mel Machin asked me a few times about Jace when before he signed him, so and I was quite I instigate not instigated to move, but I certainly helped out in that. They're obviously a really good team. Um, obviously, Eddie's number number one, um, and he's just done, uh, just done a fantastic job.
2: Is that Eddie phoning you now there in the background, wanting a couple <laughs> of goals from you? Eh? <laughs>
0: Do you know what? How nice would it be to go and play there now?
2: Oh. it's a bit different, eh, hey, to the times when you were there.
0: Yeah, it's massively different. But I mean, football changes all over. Look at West Ham. West Ham are about to leave their ground. You know what I mean? Football does change and Arsenal left theirs and obviously Bournemouth rebuilt theirs. You know what I mean? It's only people that remember going. And and, and I think that's the great thing about it. I remember some of the nights, the Tuesday nights and the games, when we was up against it, we were fighting for our life. Every game was always so important there. You know what I mean? Because like you said, we had nine points at Christmas. So the moment I went there really... We were up against it, so... But I, I think maybe that's why Bournemouth are oh, oh, where they are now, because they've had to fight for so long and they found someone in Eddie Howe, and he took them on the crest of a wave, and long may it continue. I watched them this year at West Ham, they were a different class.
2: Yeah, that was a great win for us.
0: And they've obviously lost Callum, um, and that's a, that's a big loss. When you lose them goals, that's a big loss. So, and, and they've still done really well, considering that. So you've got to hold it to, and and it to them. They've done great, and obviously the new striker they've bought. You know, I mean, he, he looks he looks handy, he looks useful. So oh, I think they're definitely standing the Premiership. That's for sure.
2: You think they'll stay up?
0: Oh, definitely, without a shadow of a doubt. It, it, it'd be very harsh if they didn't. There's a lot. There's a lot worse uh, teams out there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I know um, Eddie often shows the players uh, old history videos of the club so they know that where, where the club has come from and I, I would imagine that the Great Escape is probably included in that just to give the, the current players really a bit of that backstory as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe. Like you said, there's been two Great escape, Great Escapes. Not many clubs have had that, have they?
2: <laughs> and look at us now. Hey, look, Steve, we're just going to wrap up just with a couple of quick questions just just to get your, sure. your, your favourite things. So what do you reckon was the best goal you scored for us?
0: A lot of people would say Peterborough, and it'd probably be close to Peterborough, Blackpool Way. When we lost four-one, I think I scored a great one of my a volley from about thirty-five yards, I think. Um, what other goals? Maybe my hat trick, the diving header in the hat trick from John Bailey's cross. Yep, that was a really good goal at Peterborough at home. Yeah, but you'd probably have to go with a Peter for a 5-4 goal. <laughs> yeah, right. <You're>
2: just... <laughs> hey, what was your funniest moment as a Bournemouth player?
0: As a Bournemouth player, funny enough, my funniest moment come off the pitch. Uh, I remember us going downtown. I think it was four or five of us. There was me, Matty Holland, I think Fletch, maybe, Youngy. There was a few of us and Steve Robinson. <laughs> we was having his monobrow, uh, separated... <laughs> and I'll, I'll never forget the moment when he turned around after she'd waxed it and all of us just burst out we was all on the floor giggling he had obviously the biggest red spot where he had uh, taken a bit of skin off as well it was just an incredible moment <laughs> Robbo will remember that so if you ever speak to him remind him of it
2: I'll, I'll send him a link on Twitter and let him hear it and see what he says
0: yeah, yeah 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 he will laugh
2: so, Jones, you talked about players. What do you reckon was the best player you played with while you were at Bournemouth?
0: I would have to probably go with Matty Holland because of what he he pushed on to do a little bit more at the time afterwards. Um, but other than that, I would say Jason Britt at times, but I would say I would say Neil Young at times. I would say uh, John Bailey. I would, you know, what I mean, I would. There's probably a few players that I would say Russell Beards as well. He was an excellent player. Yeah, he was a really good footballer. So it's, it's hard to call, but I'd have, I'd go with Matty Holland. Yeah, good call, good call. He's on my Facebook as well, so.
2: <laughs> so you got to say that right? <laughs> <laughs> now, last thing, Josie, is that we might not see the uh, last of Jones playing for Bournemouth. I hear that your son Liam is uh, making his way up the ranks with West Ham.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's doing alright. He's been there since he was seven. Um, obviously he's under ten now. So he's in his last year of seven aside. And he's doing really well. He's scored a hell of a lot of goals, hundreds of goals for him so far. Um he's got a lot to learn, he's left footed as well, which is um he's got that from his mum. Uh he's quick as lightning, he scores goals and but he's only ten years old, Sean, so but he's he's at a good place at the moment, but we shall see how his career develops.
2: Have you, have you worked on the uh, what we used to call on the, on the terrace, the Jonesy Lunge yet? Where, you know, yeah, the on cent- the what? The Jonesy Lunge, where the centre-back's just about to clear it and you come in from the side and try and clear him out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think you would get away with that now, would he? No, times have <laughs> changed, eh? <laughs> I've done that a few times, I know that. And on full-backs. <laughs>
2: no, yeah, it doesn't matter who, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, Jonesy, thank you so much for coming on Back in the Net. I really appreciate your time. And, you know, I, the word legend isn't, is not is used, I think, too frequently sometimes. But with you as a as a fan favourite, I think we're definitely in that legend category. And, you know, hopefully we will see you down at, at Dean Court at some point in the near future.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd like to go down. I've been down there for a long time. So it'd be great to go down there. And great to speak to you, Sean. And obviously, it's quite weird, really, obviously, because your dad... You know what I mean? I was on the radio with your dad and Matty every Monday morning, and now I'm doing a podcast with his son in (laughs) New Zealand.
2: I know, it's funny, eh? How times (laughs) change. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Steve. Look, all the best, mate, and thanks for your time.
0: No worries, Sean. Cheers, pal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Richie. And beyond Walker.